Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Um, in the last few years, there has been an increased focus uh, because of the, the kind of uh, the confected culture wars, which uh, in the UK and the US and other parts of the world um, have been uh, prevalent. Uh, there's been an increasing focus on historical uh, monuments, um, historical um, statues and, and other sites um, which we associate meaning to um, uh, contested meaning very often um, <clears throat> this is no new thing though many of the thing many of the, the, the statues that are uh, most keenly fought over um, have a, a kind of a much shorter pedigree than people perhaps are, are aware of particularly confederate statues in, in america what does it mean uh, what what does the what is the the kind of the contested meaning of uh, fascist memorials these are the sorts of things that we we don't imagine really really exist you know if you live in a society that was victorious over fascism and if our collective kind of anglo-centric or americano-centric world view is that you know fascism was kind of er eradicated what does it mean when there are fascist shrines in essence as there was was to franco for many many years um which is currently the uh site of immense debate and, and controversy in spain well one way of exploring this is looking at Mussolini's tomb and the way in which Mussolini is memorialised in Italy. Obviously, the physical remains of Hitler 
were um, uh, when they were found, the, the kind of the, the charred remains were uh, taken to the Soviet Union and um, shipped around for a long time and disposed of in all sorts of mysterious circumstances, precisely to prevent there from being a, a shrine to Hitler. Um, Mussolini's fate, uh, murdered uh, by the partisans in uh, Italy in 1945 and strung up outside a, uh, a petrol station, <clears throat> um, mean that uh, the the kind of the way in which he is remembered in Italy is is, is slightly different. Um, I'm reading today from Keith Lowe's brilliant book *Prisoners of History*, which is a study of a numerous uh, Second World War um, monuments um, and Mussolini's tune at Predapio in Italy is uh, kind of an interesting uh, a, a really interesting exploration and it helps us to understand what the historical memory of Mussolini in Italy actually is um, the Christopher Duggan's brilliant book Fascist Voices uh, in the final chapter talks about the, the long history of the rehabilitation of fascist ideas in Italy um, and the 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 amazing book Fascism by Roger Eatwell um, it helps us to understand and I've talked a lot about that book it's a, it's a great exploration of um, how fascism lingered in Italy and uh, even through the kind of the uh, sort of quasi-fascist ideas uh, limped on through the uh, the populist con artist Silvio Berlusconi who passed away the other week and no doubt will get his own shrine at some point okay so um Keith Lowe writes it's 2018 um, it's April the 28th 2018 and a long procession is making its way out of the village of Predapio in central Italy there are several hundred people here most um, almost all of them dressed in black as if for a funeral they walk slowly solemnly along the Via della Liberta in the direction of the church of San Cassiano and its cemetery many wear strange black hats Sometimes a fez, sometimes a beret, <coughs> sometimes even an old-fashioned military helmet adorned with black feathers. Some carry Italian flags decorated with eagles, others carry banners bearing the names of military organisations and marching bands. One holds a placard reading, re, reading Lihano Sparato Manon Sono Vio City Usidero. They shot him, but they didn't manage to kill him. Anyone unacquainted with Italy and its history would be forgiven for thinking that the participants were here to attend the burial of a recent murder victim. But in fact they were here to commemorate a man who died 73 years earlier. Benito Mussolini, the wartime dictator of fascist Italy, was born in this village and is also buried here. His body lies in the family crypt and these people have come to honour his memory. They do this three times a year on the anniversaries of his birth his death and the anniversary of, um, of the day he and his followers marched to Rome to seize power, October the 28th. There is something slightly spooky about the gathering. Very few people here are from the village itself, whose inhabitants generally frown upon the processions. Their black shirts are reminiscent of the uniforms worn by Mussolini's notorious fascist militia, as are some of the slogans of their, on their banners. Honore e fedeleta 
honor and loyalty, for example. Obwachimola, death to cowards. Um, the symbols they carry uh, uh, all come from a bygone era. Eagles, daggers, Celtic crosses, and everywhere the symbol of the fasces, a bundle of sticks tied together with an axe. These symbols, still taboo, are carried openly and brazenly, but most unnerving of all its quasi-religious atmos- uh, of all is the quasi-religious atmosphere that pervades. Italy is a country where processions like this happen every year uh, in every village, but they usually take place in honor of the Madonna or of a local saint. Today, they're taking place in honor of a man that the most of the world considers a monster. These people are making a pilgrimage not to the tomb of a Catholic saint or an apostle, but to that of a fascist dictator. When the procession arrives in the cemetery, Edenegri Mussolini stands on the steps to make a short speech. We are here to commemorate my grandfather, she says, to pay our respects to this sacred place. It is not entirely clear that she regards this place as sacred because it isn't attached to the church or because Mussolini is buried here. If the Yasukuni shrine is guilty of blurring the line between guilt, uh, the guilty and the innocent, the shrine to Mussolini, and we'll talk about the Yasukuni shrine another time, but, uh, uh, but the, the shrine to Mussolini blurs nothing. It is abundantly clear what this place represents and there is no apology about it. Mussolini did not spring from nowhere writes uh, Keith Lowe. In the early 1920s, he was just one of many people promising to bring an end to months of turmoil and civil unrest that had followed the First World War. The difference between Mussolini and the most of his rivals was that he was not afraid to use violence to achieve his aims. His followers broke up strikes and demonstrations and mercilessly hunted down communist leaders and trade union representatives. Such methods proved so effective that he quickly won a great deal of support from business owners military leaders and Italian aristocrats. Unfortunately, Mussolini did not stop with breaking workers' strikes. In October 1922, 30,000 of his followers marched on Rome and demanded the resignation of the Prime Minister. Fearing further violence, the King simply handed power to Mussolini. In the following years, he and his followers used his power to terrorise political rivals, assassinate those who stood in his way, remove the rights of people who chose any other leader, and set up a police state. Mussolini provided a template for other fascist dictators like Hitler and Franco. Among his other faults, therefore, he is guilty of paving the way for years of ethnic cleansing, political violence, and eventually a world war. Mussolini repeated that, um, repeatedly stated his aim, uh, stated that his aim was to return Italy to its ancient imperial splendor through war and conquest. In 1923, he invaded Corfu and refused without, uh, to withdraw his troops until Greece paid a ransom. In 1935, he invaded Abyssinia uh, and gave his commanders written instructions to use poison gas on civilian populations, kill all prisoners, and systematically conduct a, policy, a politics of terror and extermination on the rebels and the, com- and the complicit population, all of which were war crimes, even at the time. In 1937, he sent thousands of troops to Spain to terrorise Valencia and Barcelona for Franco. In 1939, he invaded Albania, and in 1940, he tried to invade Greece and Egypt. All this was done in uh, in complete independence of Hitler. His support for Nazi Germany in its even more murderous campaigns was merely the icing on the cake. There are dozens of myths about Mussolini that survive to this day. 
The first is that he was not racist on the grounds that his regime did not pursue Jews in the same way that the, his, uh, that the Nazis did. Anyone who has studied the ethnic cleansing of Libya in the 1920s and 30s might take issue with that. Mussolini himself instructed the governor of Libya, of Libya Pietro Badoglio, to make intermarriage between Italians and Libyans a crime for fear that the Italian race might become polluted with foreign blood. Though he repeatedly claimed he was born no ill will to Jews or Muslims, his actions speak louder than words. In 1938, while he was at the height of his powers, Mussolini introduced racial laws into Italy that closely mirrored the Nazi Nuremberg laws, removing citizenship from uh, Italian Jews and creating... Uh, the circumstances by which um, the the mass deportation of Jews was eminently more possible uh, during the war years. Um, the there's a great deal of nonsense spoken about the the the, the, the supposed kind of improvements that Mussolini brought about uh, through Italian fascism. The the kind of the contradictory nature of Mussolini's policies. Um, the uh, attempts to kind of bring about a sort of natalist policy um, during a time in which um, food supplies were fixed, if not slightly declining, um, and the uh, attempt to try to transform the land to create more agrarian um, more agrarian kinds of agriculture in a land where kind of uh, alpine farming and uh, uh, farming for uh, produce like olives had always been um, the, uh, the the the, the, nat- the natural kind of uh, agriculture. Um, the the rhetoric of fascism. Um, repeatedly met with cold, hard, economic and um, ethnographic uh, realities. Um, Mussolini's regime was intensely brutal. Um, There is this idea, again, uh, propagated um, by uh, onlookers and sympathisers, that whatever Mussolini was, he was no Hitler. This is certainly true. But the um, Italian Social Republic, the Salo Republic, was uh, an intensely brutal regime. Also, Italy's colonial um, undertakings in Abyssinia and Libya were, again, intensely brutal. And in some instances could could arguably have been called genocidal. Um, Italy's decision to help... Uh, or Mussolini's decision to help Franco in Spain, um, if one reads uh, Paul Preston's The Spanish Holocaust, the consequences of that are staggering in terms of the, the death of um, the Spanish Republicans and, and, and others. Um, and finally... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A decision to assist Hitler in his invasion of operation uh, invasion of the Soviet Union during Operation Barbarossa places Mussolini um, in a direct kind of uh, culpability for the deaths of tens of millions of Russians. So this was not a, a kind of a, uh, a a sort of charming bumbling fascist regime, and there's a, a, a a sort of a particular kind of Anglo-centric sort of anti-Italian chauvinism um, that presents kind of Italy as this sort of rather incompetent sidekick to Hitler. Well, there is some truth in that, but it, it the the kind of the corollary of that is that it negates Mussolini's crimes, which were significant. The um, end of Mussolini was brought about by the war itself. Keith Lowe writes, It was the Second World War that caused Mussolini's downfall. As defeat followed defeat in the middle of the war, his popularity amongst his own people began to wane. By 1943, even his own government were getting tired of him. In July that year, the Grand Council voted to strip him of his dictatorial powers. He was arrested and held in the luxury resort of um, in Abruzzo, while his, succe- um, his successor, Pietro Badoglio, made peace overtures to the Allies. Mussolini was famously rescued that autumn, not by his own people, but by German special forces. It was the Germans who set him up as their puppet leader in the north of, this, of the country. Italy's far-right nationalists chose to forget this fact. Between 1943 and 1945, Mussolini did not fight for Italy, but for Germany. And the purposes of having Italy, uh, uh, having Mussolini as a puppet dictator in the north, was simply to uh, create a, a buffer zone against advancing Allied armies between uh, Italy and southern Austria. Keith Lowe writes, Now at least, now at last, the viciousness that Mussolini had sanctioned against Ethiopians and Libyans was turned upon his own people. 
With German help, he organised the executions of some of the government members who, who had turned on him, including his own son-in-law, Count Ciano. With German help, his followers brutally suppressed any hint of resistance among the Italian population. Many of the portraits displayed at, um, in Bologna's Piazza del Nettuno are of people tortured and executed not by Germans, but by their fellow Italians. Some of the most notorious German atrocities were carried out with, the enth with enthusiastic Italian collaboration. In Santa Anna di Stasesma, for example, around 560 villagers were massacred in reprisal for resistance activity in the area. The victims included old people, pregnant women and around 100 children. It was the German SS who were responsible, but they were helped by the Italian 36th Black Brigade. It was no it's worth noting that each black brigade was named after a prominent fascist leader. The particular unit bore the name Benito Mussolini. This is the man who is honoured three times a year with processions in Predapio. The cruelty that gripped northern Italy in the last two years of the war was a direct consequence of his ultra-nationalist ideology, his glorification of brute force and his utter disregard for the rule of law. Quality celebrated every time one of his modern-day disciples laid a wreath at his tomb. I think that modern-day right-wing populism, whilst it can be argued as being distinct from fascism, there are certain kind of uh, aspects of it that are, are perhaps not quite the same, certainly celebrates the uh, uh, the kind of the qualities of um, illegality the idea that rules are simply things put there to constrain the actions of great men um, and the principles of um, you know ra radical dynamism action without much deliberation and the the kind of the visionary skill of the strong man um, and also to some extent the glorification of brute force, brute force directed against uh, our enemies and directed against those who have trespassed against us, those who are who we have been too soft on in the past. Fascism and to a degree uh, right wing populism conjure up ideas of justice and judgment and vengeance uh, and sort of some eternal defense of uh, kind of. Uh, a, a sacred idea of the nation. Mussolini, writes Kenneth Lowe, Keith Lowe, I beg your pardon, Keith. Uh, Mussolini, writes Keith Lowe, eventually reaped what he had sown. In the spring of 1945, German control over northern Italy collapsed under Allied pressure and widespread insurrection against fascist rule broke out. Mussolini was captured by partisans as he tried to flee the country. He and his mistress, Clara Patacci, were executed by the side of the road and their bodies were taken back to Milan and dumped in the Piazza Loreto, a site deliberately chosen because 15 partisans had been executed here by fascists the previous year. The bodies soon attracted a large crowd, some of whom exercised their disgust by kicking and beating them. One woman tried to shove a dead mouse in Mussolini's mouth. Others put a hunk of cheap, low-grade black bread in his hands, as if to say he was now as poor and contemptible as he had made them. Another woman reportedly fired a gun into his body several times, one, of each, one for each of her dead sons. 
In the end, it was the partisans themselves who stepped in to spare the body's further indignity, to carry on displaying them to the crowd as proof that their fascist leader was indeed dead. The bodies were suspended by their feet from the roof of a petrol station. Clara Potashi's skirt was tied around her legs to preserve her modesty. Photographs were taken and appeared in newspapers all over the country. What happened next is both bizarre and quite gruesome. Mussolini was buried in an unmarked grave in a Milanese cemetery, but about a year later was dug up by a, journal named Dom uh, a journalist named Domenico Lecesi um, and two other fasc former fascists. For several months his body was moved from place to place before the authorities finally traced it to a monastery outside Pavia, where it had been concealed by two Franciscan monks. Had the body been cremated or disposed of at sea, then perhaps it may have been the end of the matter, but instead the authorities dithered. For over ten years the body was hidden at another monastery, in the small town of Cerro Maggiore, um, while a succession of governments tried to work out what to do with it. Eventually, in 1957, a newly appointed Prime Minister, Adone Zoli, agreed to give the body back to Mussol the Mussolini family to allow it to be interred in the family crypt at Predapio. It's probably no coincidence that the minority Christian Democrat government, led by Zoli, was embarrassingly dependent on neo-fascist votes. Uh, I've written and talked a lot about uh, the resurgence of Italian neo-fascism uh, after the war. You can find it on many, many previous uh, podcast episodes. Mussolini was finally reinterred on the 1st of September 1957 in a, in a stone sarcophagus decorated with fascist symbols. Above the sarcophagus, a larger-than-life white marble bust of Mussolini sits in the alcove, with a carved stone fasces on either side. The whole space is lit from above, as if the light of God is shining down upon him. In the years since, the town of Predapio has become something of a pilgrimage site for neo-fascists the world over. The house where Mussolini was born has long been a tourist destination. In the centre of the town are, su are souvenir shops, uh, which sell everything from t-shirts and keyrings with fascist slogans on them to swastika flags and life-size busts of Il Duce himself. Contrast that with Germany, where most of that would be a criminal offence, where there is certainly no shrine to Hitler, um, there is certainly there are certainly no tourist shops handing out copies of or selling copies of Mein Kampf or uh, Nazi armbands or anything like that. And and look at how f how radically different the the two cultures of memorialization and forgetting are. And it's it's quite extraordinary. Um, and yet, actually, probably Germany's the outlier. If you go to countless countries where dictators and strongmen have been, their legacy lives on. From taxi drivers with pictures of Stalin uh, in, in Moscow to now the, the kind of the partial rehabilitation of Mao in China. Um, so actually the, the way in which Mussolini is venerated because his physical remains are still, can be still located somewhere, uh, ha has a, 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 a makes an unfortunate and kind of macabre logic, but it shows us that fascism, contrary to what many of us uh, thought, feel, believe, and expect, lingered on long, long after the end of the Second World War, and of course is still with us today. Anyway, 
Thank you so much for listening and uh, you can check out uh, the learning resources at www.explaininghistory.org and I'll be back on Wednesday with um, some extraordinary interviewing for you um, and we'll leave it there. Take good care everybody. All the best. Thanks. Bye bye.